Todd, the reports of our deaths have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to open this. <laughs> it was it was weird. It was a weird thing because we knew that we obviously we have not recorded something in like months together, but we knew that we were going to reunite and record some some stuff for uh, when Mandalorian season two came out. So we knew mm-hmm. we were going to have to jump back into the saddle, but we weren't a hundred percent on how we were going to do it. So we figured that before we play the intro, before we get into the episode proper might be appropriate to do some like updates <laughs> update folks on what's been going on in our lives uh so yeah what what's been going on these past few months since folks last heard from you working like a shit ton that's <laughs> essentially all i do now like uh I'm trying to remember like what the fuck was going on like the that dude that's so it, it's it feels like it was 20 years ago and that's kind of my thing like i'm like i don't even know where i was at job wise i mean granted i'm at the same place but i was i don't know if i was like doing anything like different but i mean biggest update is i am planning on going into uh management at my job so that's something there you go yeah that is i mean it's been it's been a long time it's been what the last upload was july 17th so it's been like four months feels like 20 years yeah but it's been four months (laughs) so yeah um it's there's a lot that's been going on in my life actually i am now in a house i don't i no longer live in a little apartment my wife and i got a house so that's cool i'm actually recording from my office now granted my audio may sound a little echoey (laughs) because there's literally we just moved in last weekend there's literally nothing in my office yet it's just (laughs) my recording setup so i haven't had a chance to put up soundproofing or you know, the amiibo wall needs to go up. The Star Wars toys need to go up, but nothing's happened yet. So <laughs> may sound a little echoey. I apologize for that. But yeah, we, you know, we had a lot of people like just in the past. So Mandalorian season two started October 30th. And dude, I had people coming out of the woodwork. But, you know, <laughs> you guys got to come back. You know, when, when are we getting shots back? You know, I had folks reaching out to me on Twitter. I had people reaching out to me on Facebook. And it's funny because you and I have talked about this. The the Star Wars stuff that we did for Nerd Bourbon was always our most popular content. Yeah. Like, always. And I don't know if it's just like, you know, you and I have known each other for forever. Obviously, we're cousins and, and we're friends and stuff. But like, so we've always had good chemistry and stuff like that. But there's something about like our Star Wars content that people seem to really dig. Uh, just two idiots, two idiots like enjoying themselves. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, we got some really nice comments like over time. Shout out to uh, to Carol Cook on uh, YouTube. I always liked uh, her comments because she would uh, <laughs> would uh, listen to our Mandalorian episodes and and leave some really nice stuff for us there. So it was just. It was nice to know that like people were that our stuff was resonating with folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I apologize, it's going to be like a long-winded little update section before we get into the thing proper. But I felt like it was important to touch base with folks. And you can totally skip this if you want. I'll throw a little timestamp in the description of the uh, episode. But uh, yeah, we <laughs> we had this kind of moment where we were like. You know, even though it's not really feasible for us to do a weekly show anymore, we don't know that we could ever 
really go back to that. That's completely and utterly different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, basically, yeah. I mean, it's it's just like, it's not in our bandwidth anymore. Um, I do actually a weekly uh, Nintendo podcast now that is like fucking massive. And I've, I've been doing like, th- those episodes are so long and demand so much of my time. We both work full time on top of it. Um, it's a lot. So I, I don't know that we're going to, that Nerd Bourbon's going to come back ever in that weekly capacity and that weekly news oriented kind of format. We, that's not really what we're about anymore. I don't think. Mm. Um, but we did sort of sit down and figure that, you know, if people always liked our star Wars stuff, if this is something that we can sort of come to sporadically unite together you know, watch something like the Mandalorian or clone wars or a new movie or a new book or, or whatever, and record a little something together. And people seem to like it when we do that, we should continue to do that. Um, I don't know what form that's going to take just to be completely transparent with you guys. We have a couple of little ideas. We have a couple things we're thinking about. We're actually thinking about rebranding the entire thing, mm. like as a focused, sporadic star Wars podcast. So definitely if you're listening to this and you're a fan of our stuff, uh, let us know what you would think of that. Would you be down to sort of migrate to a new, uh, podcast where it's just Todd and I sporadically covering star Wars stuff as we want to. Um, cause I think that's something that you and I could do. Like we can get together every so often and, and record a podcast together and people seem to like it when we do that even if we don't necessarily have the bandwidth to do a weekly show anymore. So if that's something you guys would be interested in, let us know. But with all that preamble out of the way, we are here today reunited and it feels so good (laughs) (laughs) because Mandalorian season two has begun and Todd, we've got to talk about it. So I'm going to go ahead and play the intro and get into this thing. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call shots. So the Mandalorian season two, you know what was weird about this? instantly what was weird about this is they don't consider it like season two, chapter one. You know how they've been breaking this into chapters? Yeah, it's just straight up chapter nine. Chapter nine. Yeah, like just straight up. Like just continuing it on. Fuck it. Same story. Yeah, like no no breaks or anything like that. I thought that was really interesting. Chapter nine, The Marshal, it's called. And of course, we uh, we will find out why. Now, this episode was really cool. I... You just got done watching it for the first time minutes ago. I watched it uh, a couple days ago, but you just got done watching it. What's your raw reactions? Shit was cash. No, I was actually like, it's, still, it's like Mandalorian, still good. It's like, cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it's like, it's like man, like, it, it didn't skip a beat, you know? Like, it's like it never left. <laughs> it's It felt good to kind of just sit down and, like, just watch it again. Just, I... I missed it. <laughs> oh, I missed it too. It, it it really is. The Mandalorian is like still just some of the best Star Wars content. I feel like a one. 
A1 Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, but we're going to go through this as we always do. We're going to go through the plot beats. We're going to comment on it. And the way this episode starts is very reminiscent to me. I don't know if you got this too. It reminds me a lot of the very first scene from season one. Mm-hmm. Like where it's basically Mando like having to like deal with somebody, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, well, I guess before they even really do that is we, we get a recap, right. Of season one. It's a really solid recap. I, yeah, I agree. I thought it was like a, a super solid recap. I was like, okay, like this sort of, it's, it's nice to have that little bit of a refresher. Not that we ever really forgot the, the main beats, but it was nice to see it in front of you. So, this episode opens with Mando and Yiddle, our sweet boy, the child, Baby Yoda, in this kind of like... Oh, by the way, do you know that I have a... Uh, my family bought a uh, Yiddle animatronic toy thing? Oh, did you get the animatronic one? Yeah. From uh, Hasbro? I think so, yeah. Is it good? It's adorable. I did not get the animatronic one. I do have the... Um, I actually... I have it on order, but I don't think it's coming until later this month. But um, I do have the plush Yiddle, but I don't have Popping the animatronic. Popping its little head yet. and it just does a, a, a very, very adorable shit. <laughs> Lays down, fucking sleeps and shit. That's adorable. Well, that's, that's I mean, that's essentially what his purpose was in this episode too, right? Can I just shout out the fact that like, it's not the Baby Yoda show. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they could have easily had him overshadow it. Oh, of course. You just got to get a little bit of like the occasional baby, uh, you know, little yiddle shot. It's adorable. You just, everybody goes, oh, and you move on. That's fine. Yeah. And it's like, I was so happy that they didn't just like shoehorn like some over the top baby Yoda shit to appease to the, the fans. But anyway, the, the scene opens with Mando and Yiddle in this kind of dingy, or it's like Narshada. <laughs> <laughs> That was my first thought when I saw it. <laughs> Do they name where it is? I don't. If they did, I honestly don't remember. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think that's did. the. I don't think it even matters, really. Well, it doesn't. I, but it, I don't it think might be a cool it. like throwaway if they did name it, you know. But uh. yeah, it's it's basically irrelevant. It's like this graffiti written, like dingy, dark, seedy underbelly sort of place. One thing that is important to note here as they're walking into this scene are the like red-eyed animals lurking in the darkness. Mm-hmm. They reminded me of I don't I remember I, I wonder if you thought this too. They reminded me of the rat ghouls from uh from Kotor. Oh shit, yeah. From Knights of the Old Republic. I yeah. don't know if that's what it was supposed to be, but that's what it called to mind for me. Yeah, that's good. I, don't yeah. know. I doubt that's what it was supposed to be, but that's cool little like uh yeah. <laughs> Just an observation, but they, uh, they're walking down the, the street and they approach this like fight club basically. And there's like this Twi'lek and, and Mando's like, I'm looking for Gore Koresh, you know, I think that's his name, Gore Koresh. And they're led into there. And, and as always, Todd, stop me if I'm forgetting something or if I leave out something important. Uh, of course, of course. And essentially it's a fight club or like a wrestling match that's going on between two Gamorians. Now. Was that like, I, I was, as I was watching them fight, I was like, is this supposed to be like Vibra Axis? That's what I was thinking too. It's like, it they were doing like, like, like cool shit. They were like doing like, I don't know, like you were seeing like some shield shit going on. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, the shields don't apparently don't work too fucking well. But of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're they're like doing this. Yeah, it seems like it's vibroblade axes or something like that. They're sort of like repelling off of each other. It's interesting. But if folks remember, that was actually one of the first things that Favreau, the John Favreau, uh, teased after season one ended, was like a little model figure of a Gamorrean. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that they they play an immediate role in this very first episode. But anyway, it's like a Gamorrean fight club. These two Gamorreans are fighting in this wrestling ring. Mando uh, kind of is led to this character, Gore Koresh, who apparently is played by John Leguizamo. <laughs> Did not realize that. That's cool. <laughs> like, like what? To, to hear him talk, I actually thought the entire time that it was John Favreau. Because John Favreau is no stranger to putting himself in his own work. You know, yeah. making little cameos. So I actually thought it was Favreau for a while there, but no, apparently it's John Leguizamo. So I was like, okay. <laughs> but he's like this, I don't know what the race is. I'm not familiar with the alien race, but it's like this one-eyed Cyclops, short, short stubby, just bad dude. You, you, he's mm-hmm. like this gambling, seedy, crime lord kind of vibe, right? And essentially, Mando's like, I almost feel like he like re- repeated the same line like multiple times in the episode. Like I've been quested to return this one to its kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's. I think he's. I think he did actually say that like multiple times. Yeah, at least so like, at least three. Yeah, it's all. It's like a like a go to line for him or something like that. And essentially, he's like, "Hey, um, I've I'm looking for other another Mandalorian that can like set me on the right path, basically." And this guy Gore Koresh is like. Uh, are you, you know, he's like, are you gambling, you know, gambling man? Do you like gambling? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, not, you know, not when I can avoid it. He's like, well, I bet you the information you seek that, uh, yeah. that this fucking Gamorrean doesn't last another minute or whatever. I don't like to leave my blah, blah, blah to chances. He's like, either do I. <laughs> Neither do I. Bam. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay. And he just shoots like the other Gamorrean basically. And. That's when this was a really interesting little nugget, I thought, because he has him at gunpoint. All of his guards have Mando at gunpoint, like got to be five or six like blasters pointed at his Mm -hmm. head. And he's like, hey, I'm glad you came to me. I don't have to actually like hunt you down for your best car. Best car is like risen in value. And I've been hunting down Mandalorians to get their shiny shells, I think he says. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically from that point on, shit hits the fan. And in my notes here, I've written Batman shit ensues. <laughs> <laughs> Good notes. Accurate. So, <laughs> that's essentially what it is. So he, what is it called? It's called like the, the little something wrist whistling. gauntlet. Yeah. Like, the, the whistling something. Whistling some shit. Like it's the fucking micro missiles essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, fucking like, if you, you know, give me information, I might let you walk out of here alive. I thought you didn't gamble. You know, I don't. (laughs) They just, (laughs) just a badass one liner. And then the missiles go out and take out all the guards and it becomes a little, you know, brawl. Well, brawl. um, And his little fucking stubby fat ass is running (laughs) running away. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to, trying to slink away, of course. And, uh, you know, eventually of course, Mando catches him. Ties, hog ties him. Hog ties him. <laughs> you ain't getting away. <laughs> you ain't getting away, boy. Strings him up by like a street light. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you the information. Blah, blah, blah. 
just if you promise you won't kill me. And then you get, then Mando gives the very, very specific wording. <laughs> you will not die by my hand. I promise <laughs> you won't die by my hand. It's like, oh, I'm okay. Like, I see where you're going. I was like, that's a little specific. Okay. <laughs> so he tells him that the Mandalorian he seeks is in Tatooine. And, and that's when we get a little, like, I've spent a lot of time on Tatooine. Fucking there's no Mandalorian on Tatooine. Oh no, it's, and Mos, Pel- Mos Pelgo, I think it is. Ma- yeah, Mos Pelgo. He's on Mos Pelgo. You know, I swear. He- this is what's interesting. He says, I swear it by the Gatra. This is what's weird. The Gatra, I, I don't know if it's going to mean something new in like new canon, but the Gatra was like a droid revolutionary group, like in the old days. So it doesn't really make sense for him to say that here unless it means something different in new canon. So I don't know. That that I found I found was interesting, and essentially after he gives him the information he needs, oh you can't leave me like this, blah blah blah. Mando turns around and shoots out the light of the street light, mm-hmm. and you just see the red eyes <laughs> of those rat ghoul motherfuckers basically, and you see that motherfucker screaming. Yeah, well, and I guess it's implied at that point that they're you know that the light is the only thing keeping them away. I guess. And so once the light goes out, they just apparently rip him to shreds and we get the, uh, you know, the opening credits. (laughs) So that's like, that's, that's the first scene, just very classic Mandalorian stuff. But we fly over to Tatooine and Amy Sedaris's character is back. I don't remember her name. Neither do I. (laughs) But she's back. How do you feel about this character? A lot of people hate her. Why? Why do they hate her? Just, they feel like she's too, like, She's too like real world comedian, funny person. Like it's it, it almost takes you out of it. It's not alien enough. Oh, I, I got no issue with her. She doesn't bother me. I'll, I'll tell you what I like about this scene specifically because we land in Tatooine. We got a, Amy Sedaris's character is back. Blah 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 from season one. And what I really like is when he steps out in the little character <laughs> development. Exactly. Yeah. He steps out of the uh, Razor Crest and, and you know, the little pit droids are, oh, you know, he doesn't like droids, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, like, let him do it. The Razor Crest could use a good oh, one. He so does over. like droids. <laughs> Which is kind of cool because it acknowledges what happened with him in, in IG-11 in season one, right? Great moment. He's kind of come around to droids a little bit, as it were. Um Another significant thing that happens here, I think, is that she sort of almost represents like the viewer (laughs) where she's like, oh, well, let me see him. Basically, like, like as soon as Yiddle comes out, she just starts fawning over him. Of course. (laughs) A little bit of a, a little bit of viewer representation there. But uh, basically he asks, Mando asks her about this place, Mos Pelgo, and you know, she, Amy Sedaris's character is like, well, like this is, you know, it's not on any of the maps because it's been like wiped off the face of Tatooine, basically. Like it's, you know, it, it was raided by like a mining, you know, collective or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the empire fell and, and nobody's gone over there, it's not on any of the maps. And this, this was an obscure ass reference that I respected that they did here. Yep. <laughs> because she calls over R5, R5D4. I actually paused it at that point and pointed that out to you. Yep. It was like, dude, this is such an obscure reference. This, if you guys don't know who that is, this is the droid from a new hope that like uncle Owen originally buys, but it like shits out on him. 
I'm actually, uh, after we record this, I'm going to see if my, my dad caught it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I find that so funny. I'm like, seriously? What a weird uh, reference to make there. It's got, I mean, I, I'm not going to hate it. <laughs> no, I mean, I respect it. And uh, anyway, R5 brings up like a map of Tatooine and she's like, this is where it is. And he's like, uh, he's, she's like, oh, they, you know, they'll, they'll see your fucking ship from like a mile away. So he borrows one of her speeders. And it's time for a travel montage. <laughs> Basically. I actually thought, because she even mentioned, she's even like, do you want me to look after him while you go adventure? I thought that he was basically just going to dump Yiddle off on her again. I'm happy he didn't. Again, it's wherever, wherever he go, wherever I go, he goes. You know. Yeah, and they make a point to say that early on in the episode too. Yep. Another just bit of character development. Uh, I think the fucking it was the gangster actually like so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's another bit of character development there, where he's not okay to just leave Yiddle with anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. Wherever I go, he goes. Right. So, anyway. We go to uh we we have a travel montage and yeah so this was a really interesting thing that you and I stopped and talked about because in this travel montage we see Mando make camp and communicate with sand people with Tuscan Raiders. Now we both said that we both brought it up. I'm like I don't remember if this is something that they did in season one. I cannot for the life of me remember. If they did, cool. I don't think they did. No, no, I don't think it is. But is it fucking awesome? Yes. <laughs> well, this this all, like, to me, this all feels really strange. They make a point of having Mando say, like, oh, I've spent a lot of time on Tatooine, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing him, like, flat out communicating with Tusken Raiders. I'm like, what does all this mean? Ooh, ooh, that's something I might talk about later. I don't want to spoil it yet. Okay. But, oh, like shit. Like involving the Tusken Raiders? Yes, and involving you-know-who. No. <laughs> Aha! We will, I, yeah, I, we will I, certainly get to that. I just had that thought to me right now. I'll bring it up, but it, it is, let's keep, let's keep moving. Put it, put a pin in that. Yeah. So we get to Mos Pelgo or whatever it is, and everyone in there is like staring him down. He he basically makes his way to like the cantina, and by the way, shout out to the Weekway uh, bartender in there. Oh yeah, he's great. I like that guy. I don't know why. I just like him. He seems like I a just, solid I, he's dude. just I don't know. He's just a chill, chill dude. Like him. Yeah, I just like him. I don't know. I don't know who plays him, but uh, I just I like that guy. Anyway, <laughs> he goes in, talks to the bartender, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, like, is there? I've heard there's a Mandalorian here, and he's like, what the you know, fucking like, who are you looking for? And he's like, someone that looks like me. Oh, the marshal. <laughs> yeah, you you mean the marshal? Yeah. And he's like, fucking, your marshal wears Mandalorian armor. What the fuck? And he's like, yeah, see for yourself. And then the way the camera pans, this this was the first like, oh shit moment, right? Mm-hmm. The way the camera pans and you see, you can tell instantly that it isn't him, but you can see in the doorway somebody wearing Boba Fett's armor. Yeah. Right? And you're like, what the fuck? This person comes in, orders like a drink, sp- spotchka. Yeah. And what, what I do love about this is the moment Buddy takes the fucking helmet off. Mando's just like, whoa, what the fuck? That, that's the second, the, yeah, the second that he takes the helmet off and sets it down, we get a nice clean shot of it's clearly, like, if you if you had a doubt in your mind, you don't anymore. We get a nice close-up shot of what is clearly Boba Fett's helmet with the bullet ding and, the, you know, and everything. Yep. 
And basically, yeah, Mando's like, wait, what the fuck? So clearly you're not a Mandalorian. <laughs> yep. And you're wearing Mandalorian armor. This isn't cool, right? This character's name is Cobb Vanth, played by Timothy Oliphant or Elephant or whatever the fuck his name. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Elephant. <laughs> I like it. Let's go with that. Whatever. Uh, I like him a lot. He's he's really uh, he's a great actor. He he does, and I, I really liked him in the show too as Cobb Vanth. Speaking of Cobb Vanth, so this is what's really interesting about this character. This character is not technically a brand new character. He's from a book, right? Yeah. So he plays a really, really small role in uh, in the new Aftermath book series in the new canon. That's cool. So this is a character that's actually been established before and we're actually seeing in live action. It's really interesting that they that they went for that. Anyway... He's like, oh, I've never met a real Mandalorian. He's like, where'd you get the armor? And he just immediately shrugged up, bought it off some Jawas. This turns into a really tense scene because, again, the Mandalorians, it's an honor-based code, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't just, like, wear a Mandalorian's armor. Their armor is their person, basically. Yep. They take it off when they die. And it is not cool for you to just be, like, rolling around in this place wearing a Mandalorian's armor. So... It turns into a standoff where Mando's like, fucking take it off or I'm going to take it off for you. And not in the sexy way. <laughs> and he, I think he even says something like, like, really? Like, we're going to do this in front of the kid? <laughs> I got a chuckle out of me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Mando's just like, he's seen worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, ooh. Get some, get some more cute yiddle shots. And uh, yeah, it becomes like a standoff for a couple seconds. A very Western, very Western standoff. Big Western vibes there. Then everything goes wrong. Yeah, it starts to rumble, and they step outside, and basically slowly making its way through the sand, through the town, you know, knocking shit over. You see this massive, like, creature swimming through the sand. Comes out and eats one of their banthas. Mm -hmm. Turns out to be a crate dragon, which Star Wars nerds will know. But, but, you know, basically all you need to know, it's a big-ass dragon that <laughs> swims in the sand. Uh, so this is where basically Cobb's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's make an arrangement here. They basically make an arrangement where it's like, hey, like, you help me take down this thing that's been terrorizing our town. I'll give you the armor in exchange. Now, let me take your temperature on this. Let me put a pin in this moment real quick because I want to know, did you trust Cobb Vanth at this point? You know, I actually had I th- I kind of I kind of thought he was kind of trustworthy from the get go. I Did actually you? had yeah. I don't. I was so ready for a double cross. I know he moment. just he, he just didn't seem like a bad guy. <laughs> I don't know why. I was so ready for him to like flip the flip the script at any moment, but I don't know it, 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 something about it. I still don't really trust him, but we'll get into that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He says that he knows where the thing lives. They go out uh, t- basically towards its like den or whatever. Shout out to this travel montage because he's basically riding on like half a pod racer. Yeah, I, 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 you're the first one that brought it up. I realized it, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm just like, that's cool. It's cool as yeah. fuck. <laughs> that's like a neat thing. It makes perfect sense, right? Because of course there would be pod racer parts like scattered throughout Tatooine. It makes perfect sense. And. I mean, 
I would have to imagine it would be pretty tough to control with just one pod racer engine, but it's, yeah, I mean, I, I do respect it. I mean, it's a cool, uh, cool thing to make into a speeder. It's a cool fuck visual. It. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> it's almost like it. um, as he's almost driving it like where he's like on the sidecar in a way, in a weird way, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, the way the, the pod racers are set up where they've got the two turbine yeah. engines on either yeah. side, this is just one of them. So Really interesting visual. I liked it. And basically during this little travel montage, we get a little flashback moment. I really liked that they showed us this, right? Like it wasn't just him talking. It wasn't just him like explaining himself. It was actually, they showed us the moment where he's like, it was the day, like the second death star blew up. We were all in the cantina celebrating and immediately, you know, power doesn't like a vacuum the second mm-hmm. the Empire left, the mining collective came in and we turned into a slave camp, basically. And we get this scene where the mining collective just mows down the folks inside of the bar. Mm-hmm. Weequay bartender, shout out to him again. He gets shot and uh, Cobb Vance taking cover, helps him escape, hides behind like one of their speeders and makes off with one of their Camtonos, which apparently is full of crystals. Silicax crystals, I think he says. He takes this. And he starts like wandering in the desert, basically like passes out. And then that's when one of the giant Jawa sand crawlers comes and comes and like picks him up. They take him in, they give him water, blah, blah, blah. And essentially the Jawas want the crystals and they trade him Boba Fett's armor for the crystals. That's basically how he gets it. And then in one of my favorite scenes in the episode, Cogbanth <laughs> then puts on the armor and basically goes back to like take back the town from the mining collective. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, the scene was so baller, man. This was this was like my second orgasm of the episode. Basically, I think any, anything involving the Boba Fett armor, you're just like, keep it going. Yes. Yeah. Basically, guys, here's what you have to understand: for Boba Fett fans like myself, I'm a hardcore Boba Fett fan. Like. There's stuff that we just always wanted to see and never got to in live action. Even though this shit is technically not Boba Fett, it's still cool. (laughs) It's still cool just to see it at all. Yeah, Yeah. like just to see that Boba Fett armor doing some of this stuff. He goes in, he fucking takes out like all the mining collective guys. Some of them make off and they try to run off on their speeder. He uses the rangefinder, locks onto him, and finally, finally we get to see the rocket firing backpack. It was good. It was oh, very good. Oh, it was good. good. Oh, it was good. I, I could not be happier. Uh, anyway, after this flashback scene's over, um, basically they're through a canyon and they're ambushed by these like Tuscan Raider dogs, essentially. Mm-hmm. And this is when we see Mando step out and straight up speak Tuscan. Yep. Like, <laughs> like just straight up. And the dogs are like, you know, they're they're kind of weirdly cute. Because they then become like docile. Yeah, they get really <laughs> docile and get like just. It's like it shouldn't be cute, but it's like, it's kinda like oh, <laughs> wagging their little butts and whatnot. <laughs> He's petting them and stuff. But yeah, we see we see Mando speaking, and Tuscan Raiders kind of come out from behind the rocks, and we see Mando actually communicating with them. Yeah, and I do like that. It's like a mixture of obviously like their guttural like noises in a way, and then also. Sign language in a weird way. Yeah. So what was really interesting about this is that uh, one of the actors that played one of the Tuscan Raiders, actually, 
uh, created or helped create that sign language. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Because, because the actor himself was deaf. That's cool. I like that. So he actually created like a believable uh, sign language. It's like probably like a really like primitive ass, like weird, like simple as fuck almost. Yeah. So I, I thought that was so cool. They actually got somebody who was deaf and mute on the cast to help create something that is now canonically Star Wars. I thought that was That's so cool. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, basically they explain what they're doing. And then the sand people explain that they want to kill the crate dragon too. So next scene we get they're uh, they're at this like campsite with the sand people. We get a little shot of them like brushing a Bantha's teeth. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Which I'm like, damn, the, these guys are like taking care of their Bantha better than I take care of my dog. I need to brush my dog's teeth. <laughs> uh, you just got to get them dental, uh, those dental treats. <laughs> the dental treats do okay. I, know, but, you know, like, I got it for my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, so your breath smells, smells like shit. <laughs> that's, I'll be honest, that's the way it goes. If the cat gets near me and I'm like, oh, maybe Ooh. I'll be right back. <laughs> nasty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so they're at this campfire. Basically, the, the conversation progresses. They make an offering to Cobb Vanth, basically, as like a... It's like this weird, like, fruit... Yeah, that like, pops open, has like these black spores almost. Granted, uh, it looks gross. I would turn it down too. I, I would, I would insult them the same way that they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cobb Vance, like, uh, he's like, "What do I fucking do with this?" And Mando's like, "You drink it." And he's like, "He's like, I'm not drinking this." He's <laughs> like, "Do you want their help?" He's like, <laughs> "I don't want it enough to drink this shit." <laughs> <laughs> and it basically becomes like a big thing where, you know, they, they have their differences of like, you know, the, the Tuscan Raiders say that like you, you people have like stolen their water and killed their people and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, well, like I've defended my town from them. They raid our towns and our mines and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like this little blow up moment for a second. Mando breaks it up with his like flamethrower spurt and basically says like, Hey, like if we, if we don't work together, the monster is going to kill all of us. Right. So next scene, they go to the monster's den and they reveal that the monster lives in an abandoned Sarlacc pit. Okay. And I do love this line. Yeah. I was about to say that was a cool line. Cause uh, he's like, he's like, I've never known there to be a, such a thing as an abandoned Sarlacc pit. <laughs> except when that motherfucker gets eaten. <laughs> so, yeah. Except for when the Sarlacc gets eaten. <laughs> I'm just like, Ooh, no, no. <laughs> And they sort of, the sand people kind of reveal their like primitive strategy of what they've been doing basically to get it to sleep. Is feeding it essentially. Yeah, like feeding it Bantha basically. Yeah. But it's kind of a funny scene because the the Tuscan Raider that like offers the Bantha starts running away and then the dragon just eats it. It's like as soon as the, soon as the, as soon as the dragon's like starting to come out, it's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) So anyway, they sort of regroup and the sand people kind of make this like rough uh, sort of battle plan where they've got the the bones of the thing laid out and, and they've got their, they're sprinkling like things to represent them. Like on, they look like chocolate chips, <laughs> 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 like on the floor and, and you know, oh, it's not to scale. And it's like, uh, yeah, it is. The thing's a lot bigger than you think it is. You've only seen its head and its neck. He's like, well, uh, we're going to need reinforcements and I'm volunteering your village to help us. <laughs> so 
They go back to the village to convince them. They freak out, obviously, when when the situation's explained and and when Cobb Vanth tells them that they're having to work with the Sand People. And this is another moment that I really liked because Mando kind of pipes in, right? Like, hey, this thing is bigger than you realize. It's more complicated. He, I like this line a lot. He says, and I, I really felt like he was, I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like Pedro Pascal's kind of cha- channeling a little Nathan Fillion, a little Malcolm Reynolds a little bit. <laughs> like, I, I get that vibe from him, but he says, like, it'll swallow your entire town when the fancy hits it. <laughs> Basically. That's such a Malcolm Reynolds line to me from Firefly. But he says, like, yeah, like, they are raiders. They're, they're brutal. You know, but so is the Dune Sea. They've had yeah. to survive. You know, they, they've they've survived out there for thousands of years. And you know what? They're not going to break their word. So he's like, basically, we've struck a deal saying, hey, you help, you know, you help the sand people kill this crate dragon. Let them keep the carcass and the, he says, Icar. I've never, I've always said Icor, but whatever. Well, you, say, you say a lot of shit wrong. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I guess so. You always give me shit because I say compass. It bothers me. <laughs> It's compass. It's literally not even spelled that way. But okay. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in return, they will not attack you guys unless you attack them first. Basically, so they agree. They team up. They they're like loading up bombs and they they kind of set aside their differences and blah blah blah. And essentially, what they do is their 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 basic plan is they've got some like I don't know rope turrets. Or like ballista or something like that. Yeah, essentially. So basically bind it in a way. Yeah. Or to like pull it. I don't know what their real plan was there. Yeah, it's like a rope binder in a way. It's just fucking some Monster Hunter uh, world shit. (laughs) (laughs) But the basic plan is they've buried these bombs because the same people are like, hey, like we know that the weak spot is on its belly. Right. And the plan is basically to piss it off. And like draw it out to where it'll it'll go over the bombs and then they can detonate it. So the sand people go up uh, into the cave mouth to wake it up. And by the way, real quick, I swear to you, I haven't actually gone back and listened to it, but I swear to you that the yell they do in that moment is the same yell the Tuscan Raider does in A New Hope. <laughs> you know what? It did. It sounds yeah. I could see I that. I swear being to it. you, that's the same one. I bet you anything they repurpose that exact same sound clip. I don't know for a fact. I would have to go back and listen, but I, I promise it, it, you that is. That was like that. Like that is the Tuscan Raider. That, when you think of a, a yell, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um. So anyway, this thing comes out. It's pissed off. They're trying to fight. It's not quite working. It's like it actually like starts to retreat at first. Mm-hmm. They kind of provoke it a little bit more. It comes out and it starts spitting out like stomach acid. That, what that's was the that? only way I could describe it. It was like stomach acid, essentially. It's like shooting yeah. its own stomach acid or it has like an acid thing it does. But yeah. Yeah, we don't really know what it was. We don't like explicitly see bodies burning, but folks are screaming for sure. <laughs> and uh, it does this a couple of times. And uh, anyway... Basically, they're they're like continuing to attack it. Eventually, Cobb Vanth and, and Mando like load up with their jetpacks and they they go to fly up. Oh yeah, and I, I forgot to mention at a certain point, you see this motherfucker in a span of like two seconds, like burst through the top of a mountain. It's like what? I I'm I know what it is. I'm reading it. I'm on the Wikipedia. Oh, you're on the Wikipedia? 
Yes, yes. Their okay. bodies produced crate venom, which helped uh-huh. the dragons as an acid in pre-digestion of their food. If a crate dragon felt threatened, it could project the venom from its mouth. There you go. And st- well, it's, it's technically you're right, but it has a name. <laughs> so yes, crate venom. There you go. At least now we know we're being accurate. <laughs> so basically, nothing's working. They're shooting at the thing. Nothing's working. Blah blah blah. Mando gets an idea. Mando sees one of their banthas that is like strapped up with some of the bombs, right? And basically he's like, hey, I have an idea. Get this thing's attention. Get it to come over this way. And we get another rocket backpack shot. One more for the road, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets the attention. Mando's like, give me the detonator. And Mando does a classic. I thought this was so funny because this is basically the same shit that like ended up getting Boba Fett killed in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like getting the jetpack damaged and like getting like flown away, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens. Cobb Vanth like goes, you know, gets yeeted essentially into the distance. And it becomes clear that Mando's plan basically is to have the crate dragon swallow this bantha and he will then detonate it, uh, detonate the bombs while it's inside. But the bantha begins to say, fuck this shit. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And it like comes loose and Mando has to actually like at that moment, I really, cause you can basically see, even though we don't ever see his face, you can tell with his body language, he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to get eaten by this fucking thing. Yep. So they get eaten by the crate dragon. And there's a little, there's a few minutes there of, of obvious tension of like Yiddle making sad noises, you know? Yeah. Yiddle, Yiddle was not a fan. Yiddle was not a fan. And after a few seconds pass, basically there's like a shockwave. He's essentially like electrocuted his way out of the crate dragon. And you see like lightning, like coming off of its mouth and stuff like this. And he detonates the bombs, and the dragon is killed, right? Mm. Mm. Big shock wave goes off when it dies. It, you know, lets out a scream and whatever. Um, the next scene basically is like the dragon's dead. The sand people have already begun to like carve up its carcass. <laughs> You're seeing bones and gross meat. And they, they find the crystal. Yeah, so this was, by the way, this was weird. Mando like loaded up some of the meat. <laughs> yeah on the spear like what is he doing with that <laughs> he's gonna eat it he's gonna like go go back to tattoo you know to a uh, like yeah. moss eisley and have a fucking barbecue yeah make some crate dragon brisket fuck yeah smoke that bitch <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had smoked crate dragon <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the sand people are digging through and they find a crate dragon pearl which is another really nerdy thing yeah it's like ooh. And uh, that is probably the main reason why they wanted it, aside from its tasty, tasty meat. But uh, Cobb is good to his word. He relinquishes the Boba Fett armor, and they part as friends, essentially. Hope they cross uh, cross paths again, is what was said. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and tell your people I wasn't the one that broke that. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, Mando takes off in a speeder and the last shot we get here, this is the fucking money shot. This is the shot everybody's talking about, right? This is uh, where essentially I was like, I actually walked in on this the before I actually watched it. I was like making it, I made the joke and I'm like, where's Boba? Yeah. Yeah. So as Mando takes off, 
we get the sh- we get the money shot of a figure watching him in the distance, and when he turns around, it is Tamora Morrison reprising his role as Boba Fett. Boba motherfucking Fett. Let's go. Ugh. Now we have. Uh, so you mentioned it as you were like pausing it and re like you know fucking rewinding it and shit. Is he having? Does he have sand people shit? Yeah. Now this is now here's the thing. This is I had this thought earlier as we were recording here. Is Mando said he's been on Tatooine for quite mm-hmm. some, like, and he's never seen another Mandalorian. What if he's already met Boba and he did not realize he was a Mandalorian? That's because very he doesn't possible. have his fucking armor. That's very possible. Well, yeah, because you see that that was basically why I was pausing that scene a yes. whole bunch because I was like, the first time I saw it, I, I was like, okay, that looks like. He's got one of those little sticks that they carry. You yeah, know? he's got, and even the rifle is very much like uh, the ones that uh, the Tuscan Raiders use. It looks um, like a modified Tuscan. It's a little modified. Raider. It has like a scope and shit. Right. Uh, but I'm telling you, it'd be cool actually. If they so the, it, be. it does. I mean, it base. What I was doing is I was look. You, you, the scene is so quick, you can't really make it out. I was looking to see if maybe he had one of those weird masks or something. Oh yeah, yeah somewhere on his person but uh i yeah i was like there, there's basically only two possibilities right possibility a is what you're talking about where boba's been living as a tuscan raider and maybe has even crossed paths with, with mando yeah 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 that's a possibility <clears throat> possibility b is that he's just been surviving in the dune sea and has killed them and is like using their gear or something maybe either um, way it's cool Either way, it's cool. It's, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we've had like expanded universe content, obviously, uh, um, post Return of the Jedi that is now no longer canon, where Boba Fett like survived the Sarlacc pit and went on to do whatever. This is the first canonical, after 40 years almost since Return of the Jedi, the first canonical representation on screen of Boba Fett surviving the Sarlacc pit. And man, that's just so fucking cool. Like, it's just so cool that we live in this reality. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the imp, the implications. <laughs> the implications. Because, um. like, Boba Fett, like, I, I have to wonder how this is going to resolve itself. Is he tracking down Mando just to simply get his armor back? Is he after the child? Is he after Yiddle? What's going on exactly with, uh, with Boba? Is this yeah. going to end up being... They're not going to meet as fucking friends. <laughs> oh, fuck no. You know? Like, this is going to have to be a standoff between Mando and Boba Fett. Because there's no way. Like, like the, he's going to want his armor back or he's going to want Yiddle. And either way, it's not going to go fucking well. There's going to be a fight. Wait, there was a fire! For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I wonder, like... Is this going to be basically like, are they, are they going to kill off Boba Fett in this series? Because huh? I've gone down the rabbit hole with this in my mind. Because at first I was like, well, maybe they won't kill him off so that they can do expanded comics or maybe even a spinoff show or whatever. Or maybe they'll Boba finally Fett. put the nail in that coffin. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. Or maybe they'll give people a more satisfying death. Like, give us a really good, like, Boba Fett-centric episode. And, like... And like really kind of um, kind of give the fans like a proper send off to that character versus him just dying like a bitch. 
you know? (laughs) (laughs) And this, I want to pull out another pin from season one because the the thing that really tipped us all off to Boba Fett uh, potentially appearing in season two, I think it's in episode six of season one where basically we get that teaser with Fennec, uh, Fennec Shand, I think her name is. Yeah. The bounty hunter, her, her like body or unconscious body, dead body, whatever is left there. And we get those, the jingling of those spurs, right? Yeah. Presumably that wasn't Boba Fett. Presumably that was Cobb Vanth, right? Mm. Like it doesn't seem like Boba Fett would have lost his armor after that point. Yeah. So that kind of needs to get explained. Oh, that's why I don't trust him. <laughs> that's why I don't trust him. That's why, and and if you notice, they make a point to mention in the, uh, like they actually have a quote from Fennec about Mando traveling with the child in the, the very beginning where they're uh, doing the story recap from season one. Mm-hmm. I think those all tie in together. I think that it's like a big setup I think Cobb Vanth is working with Fennec, maybe. I think that's all going to sort of tie together to to come after Yiddle. That's why I don't trust him. Mm. I don't know that, but those are the seeds I'm planting here. And, and I, I don't think that Boba is in on any of that. I think Boba's just like, fuck you, I want my armor back. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, you know, I've, I've seen some discourse like, oh, I wonder if, like, Boba Fett's familiar with Yoda or if he would know anything about the child or its species. I don't think so. Who gives a shit? To be honest, no. no. He is no fan of the Jedi. What? No. <laughs> yeah. Dude, think about it. Think about Boba's life, right? Boba's existence on Kamino was fucked by the Jedi. Okay. His father killed by a Jedi. Right in front of him, essentially. Literally in front of him, decapitated his father. Right. His his you know demise in the Sarlacc pit inadvertently caused by a Jedi. This He has no love for the Jedi. So I, I've got no reason to believe that Boba Fett's inclusion in this show is going to be a good thing <laughs> for Mando. So I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with this. And I love the restraint. And I think I mentioned this when we were doing the, the season one episodes because it would have been so easy for them to just shoehorn him in to the to the mm. first season, mm-hmm. but but like the fact that they they let it marinate and they, and now he's popping up in season two and it makes sense. And by the way, I think we're getting a lot of holdovers from the shit can Boba Fett movie mm. that was in development. I think a lot of those plot elements are now just being worked into this. So I don't know, man. I'm very excited. I'm happy the Mandalorian's back. I'm happy the Boba Fett's back. And, and I'm happy to be doing this again because it's fun to like to talk and like unpack it all and have all these like weird little fan theories and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I mean, final thoughts. I am really happy that this show is back and, uh, it didn't, it didn't skip a beat for me, man. Oh, fuck no. It's still, uh, still very, very good. I'm looking forward to, uh, doing this, uh, every week until it's over next week on dragon balls. <laughs> anyway anything else you want to add before we wrap up this little mandalorian discussion i think that's about it man all right folks we'll catch you next week for i guess chapter 10 of the mandalorian where we will hopefully learn some more about my boy (laughs) (laughs) catch you guys next time
Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>